Bottle Episode is a spirited podcast about spiritist libations. Those under their country's legal drinking age should turn off this podcast and go do their homework. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Bottle Episode, the professional bartender's guide for the cocktail enthusiast. I am one of your hosts, Lan Tollison. I'm a professional bartender. And I am your other host. Some call it a co-host. Yeah. Elise Nye, and I am a cocktail enthusiast. <laughs> uh, and today, folks, we have one of my co-workers, speaking of co-things. Yes, uh, lots of co's here today. Uh, so he is, he is a an integral member of the team at the Roosevelt Room. Uh, he is somebody, we talked about Bar 5 Day last last week or two weeks ago. And uh, he is someone that joined me there. We've talked about him a little bit on the podcast before. Uh, and he hails from South Texas, Armando Garza. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, of course. So happy to have you. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually the samples kidding. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you, I, I can't remember the name of the place you worked. And I used to write down introductions because I felt like that felt professional. But yeah. now that we've gotten a little bit comfortable a little bit more comfortable in the format i feel like it's more fun to just like riff and also have you like tell us about yourself because you know more about you than i do i do (laughs) (laughs) shockingly um yeah i was born and raised in south texas in a city called brownsville it's a border town um there i got a i think relatively late intro to the service industry at the ripe old age of about 24 25 uh, started at a restaurant called terra's which was kind of doing um, a modern take on a lot of classic mexican food like moles from oaxaca that kind of stuff um and just kind of doing a really modern classic interpretation of that and fortunately for me they had a bumping cocktail program that was primarily agave focused um, but the guys there were super passionate and um had been about it all their lives, like working in the service industry since they were like in their teens. Um, they taught me everything I know. Love that place. Um, it's kind of where I learned to cocktail. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, so I've, I've not been to Brownsville or looked it up at all, but I heard you, I've uh, heard you and Tomas talk about it a little <laughs> bit. Uh, uh, Tomas is another one of our, our uh, good, good friends and, and coworkers at the Roosevelt room. Yeah. Uh, and both of you are from that area. Tell me a little bit about Brownsville because I'm I'm I just haven't like I've meant to look it up because I feel like it's a pretty major border town. Yeah, it is. So Brownsville is an interesting city. I think um, I always thought of it as a small town, but really it's a small city. Population of about two million. Um, oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot of people, which is <laughs> shocking. Yeah, um, not even counting the large undocumented presence there, which is mm. very large. Mm. Um, it is a port city. The port of Brownsville accepts like. A ton of shipping containers. It's a mm. big source of the revenue there. Um, we have a beautiful zoo, one of the best in the country. I've read, which is funny because I grew up next to it, and it's like rated <laughs> as one of the best in the country. I never knew it. It is a beautiful zoo. Um, other fun facts about Brownsville: uh, it is one of the poorest counties in America. It is in one of the poorest counties of America, Cameron County, one of the most obese counties in America. Also, um, so yeah, it it's a place with a lot of culture and you know, a lot of problems like I just stated, but mm. it's also a beautiful place. Um, beautiful people, very nice people, amazing food. Um, the drink culture is still evolving these days. Um, but places like the place that I worked are really working to change that now. And uh, another fun fact, 
Elon Musk-based um, SpaceX out of Boca Chica Beach, which is the beach adjacent to Brownsville. Huh. Um, so that's making its own waves in the city. Like he recently donated like $30 million to the city to renovate downtown, kind of make it his uh, fun district for his staff. <laughs> to, make, imagine, to make it his cute imagine, little utopia. Imagine, like, I thought you were going to say like donated to like whatever, help something. And he was like, no, like 30 mil to like make it cute <laughs> for him. It, <laughs> what? Elon Musk was just like, well, this place is uglier. <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. He, he is Australian, so he's like, well, this place he's, is uglier. He's, not, he's, he's South African. <laughs> sorry, he's he's South African. Let me get that clean. I'll get that clean. <laughs> this place is ugly. <laughs> and that's what Elon Musk sounds like. Uh, I was being like a little facetious. Uh, okay, it, it, it was. It would. I wouldn't put it past him. I, but. I, guys, I just want to go on record to apologize to all of our Australian listeners. I'm so sorry to bump <laughs> Elon Musk in with you. That was uh, honestly unforgivable. And I, this will be my last episode on the podcast. <laughs> it, it is just a lease at this point. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll issue an apology letter. It's gonna be a whole yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll have really we'll have a press conference. <laughs> I am sorry, Australia. But so I'm I'm assuming he he is actually putting money to uh, like do things other yeah, than paint. S- uh, specifically, <laughs> he donated um, money for the renovation of the downtown district. That was like the specific, hmm. like that was like the post by the city. Interesting. Renovation of the downtown district. Because the downtown district in Brownsville is very interesting. I mean, it's early 1900s architecture that's been turned into mostly wholesale shops where people come hmm. across the border, they buy things, take them back, resell them in Mexico. Um, and in the midst of that, we decided to open a relatively high-end craft cocktail bar that serves amazing food. It wasn't well received. But these hmm. days, it's it's bustling. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, I, I guess I'll just have to go yeah, down there and see it for myself. I point. would love to take some of y'all down there sometime. Yeah. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's, you know, I think that that's quite enough about your backstory. Yeah. If I'm, be- if I'm being completely honest, and it's honestly like a little selfish of you to have taken yeah. uh, So moving on. <laughs> well, okay. We're, we are we are talking about a drink today. Yes. That drink, that's that's, that's that, where I was trying that drink, to get. That drink is a, and I was, a penicillin. I, but it, is, it is a penicillin. And what is, what is your, let's talk a little bit more about you. What is your personal history yes, with the drink actually, penicillin? So there is a particular reason I chose this drink. It's okay. because Lan told me I could not choose the drink I wanted. So I had to choose the <laughs> penicillin. No, I'm kidding. Um, the penicillin is a cocktail that is very near and dear to my heart. It is not the first, but one of the first cocktails I made in my kitchen when I had no experience with a bar. I had never been behind a bar. Um, the only bar I had been to was a crappy nightclub that sold like $5 uh, AMFs in Long Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, someone had gifted me a bottle of Jack Daniels. I knew I liked whiskey. And I said, this is cool. And then a week later, I said, this is boring. So I went to the liquor store. <laughs> I bought some other whiskey and um, eventually stumbled upon scotch. Really liked scotch. I was like, oh, I'm into this. Yeah. And so my next progression was like, okay, well. And at the time, I was pretty broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was buying like, oh, God, it was called Banknote 5. It was like $17 for a liter of blended Ooh, scotch. Boy. It was the good stuff. Yeah, the good stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, 
I told myself, what can I do with this? And I looked up cocktails because that's that's like drinks with this. And the thing that came up a lot was a penicillin. Um, so I made one in my kitchen and it was really crappy. I was using like an OXO like measuring cup that was mm-hmm. like ounces. Yeah. That was my jigger, so uh-huh. to speak. Um, my mixing glass was like one of those like generic restaurant like plastic cups that you use for sure with like a child's plastic drinking cup as that was the tin mm-hmm. I um, that. and the ginger syrup was not even ginger syrup it was a ginger tea made into a simple syrup which approximated it but not really but there was no honey syrup it was just honey and it was lemon juice um but in that moment i knew wow this is something this is not the sum of its ingredients. This is something more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really transformative for me. So here we are drinking penicillins. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those cocktails that, or for me personally, uh, the first place I had it was actually in the building where it was invented, uh, Attaboy in New York, which used to be a place called Milk and Honey, uh, owned by the late Sasha Petrosky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a bartender there, Sam Ross, came up with that cocktail. And then whenever Milk and Honey moved uh, moved spaces, they took a, the former bar, some of the former bartenders from Milk and Honey opened up a space there called Attaboy. Uh, and so I had it there. And uh, I remember I didn't know anything. I, I just looked up. I was like living in New York at the time. And I just looked up like cool bars in New York. And <laughs> there's and a lot of them ended up in, ended up at Attaboy. And I remember having it and being like, I've made cocktails before. Like I've, I've made like Negronis. I've made old fashions. Like I've, I've made these kinds of things, but like, Oh, this, this is what like a cocktail can be. Yeah. And it's so simple because it's mm-hmm. just, it's just four ingredients. Yeah. Five. If you want to count that there are two different <laughs> kinds of scotch in there. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's blended scotch as the base with lemon juice, uh, honey syrup, which is just honey diluted with a little bit of water, and ginger syrup, which is fresh ginger juice with sugar added. Uh, you shake that, you strain it over a large cube, and then you add a float or a spritz of uh, Isla scotch or peated scotch. Yeah. Um, and it's so good. It's based off of a. I believe that he based it off of a gold rush. That What's I mean, that tracks. Rush? A gold rush is a bourbon drink. It's just uh, bourbon, honey, and lemon. Mm. Uh, it might sound familiar to you, uh, and, and you might know it as like a bourbon bee's knees because a <laughs> bee's knees is just gin, honey, and lemon juice, and thus the wheel of the cocktail creation turns, and yes, and everything is a derivation of something. Yeah. I honestly, I love like this combination because like if you make it hot, then it's a hot toddy kind of. Yeah, it's Actually, essentially a cold yeah. hot toddy. It's a cold, a cold toddy. toddy. <laughs> like I no, love, I prefer cold hot hot toddy. Right, can, I have, can I have a cold one? Uh, I love I love a drink that like tastes like a cough drop, but like in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like you, you know? take the best flavors of like a, a like, classic halls. Or, like yeah. it, like we're we're talking ricola maybe maybe, but that's more herbal. <clears throat> yeah, but like. You I know, mean, it's, the, it's high quality. The flavors are so um, relatable. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody knows honey, ginger, and even if you don't know scotch, you you probably know smoke. You probably know that iodiney mm-hmm. thing to it, um, and everyone knows lemon. So they're very mm-hmm. approachable flavors. It 
I I think it's very difficult not to like this drink. Even if you're not a scotch drinker, you could have a penicillin and say, oh, I could get into that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really good, if you are not a fan of scotch or you're not sure if you're a fan of scotch, this is a really good cocktail to to like try out at, either at your local bar. A lot of like any cocktail bar you go to most likely will be able to make this for you. Yeah. Uh, most cocktail bars at this point have ginger syrup or something. Yeah. Uh, so almost any cocktail bar you go to will be able to make this drink for you. Or you can make it at home. And and we actually bought our ginger syrup. I've made ginger syrup at home before, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you can buy ginger syrup uh, and you can make honey syrup super easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've also made honey ginger syrup. You have, yes. Wow. So, so you could just... Then you just use that. <laughs> uh, but you can you can either like... If you want to make ginger syrup, you you just have to find a way to either juice ginger or buy ginger juice. <laughs> Which, funnily enough, on that point, so... I personally, I think a way like less hassle free way to do this. And I think it's more friendly, like to creating other drinks is actually just cold pressed ginger juice mm-hmm. um, and use it like some, some kind of dasher bottle or in very small quantities. Uh, that's how we actually used to make this cocktail at the bar. I used to work at before Roosevelt room. Um, so it was just three quarter ounces honey syrup, two ounces scotch, and a few dashes of ginger, like cold pressed ginger juice. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool way to add ginger flavor because then, you can add it to other drinks without necessarily adding sweetness. Mm-hmm. And I felt super validated when years later we go to Dead Rabbit in New York and that's how they make their penicillin. <laughs> yeah, they they just use ginger juice. Yeah. Uh yeah, that that it's a that's a very feasible and easy way to make it and then you then you're only making one syrup and sir right. a honey syrup you basically just want to do two parts honey to one part water. Yeah. Hot water. If you do this at home mm. with cold water, you'll be very sad and disappointed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll just end end up with hard honey and water. Yeah. yeah, which I feel like honestly, like a honey syrup is something good to have in the fridge anyway. Because if you make like an iced tea or something, oh, yeah. Yeah. like you don't want to stir honey mm-hmm. into a cold beverage. Oh yeah, yeah. If you happen to have some warm cornbread laying around, honey syrup. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> All right, Mondo. Well, now I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I love the I love the penicillin and I love the like, yeah, it's 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 a super approachable drink. And scotch is definitely like a polarizing spirit. Yeah, it can be. Uh, folks, when folks think of scotch, they often think of the really smoky mm-hmm. flavors, which <clears throat> maybe it's just that I have a lot of experience with spirits at this point you are very experienced oh thank you so much (laughs) uh maybe it's just that i have a lot of experience with spirits at this point but like i don't really notice smoke uh in like blended or space side style scotch the the stuff that isn't meant to be super heavily peated i don't really notice it anymore same way i don't really notice smoke in mezcal Right. Uh, unless it's like super present. Right. I, I do think we're looking at it from a very biased viewpoint for, for sure. sure. But I, I also will think it's true that scotch spans such a wide spectrum. I mean, some scotches really drink like the most soft, fruity honey with like delicate spice character. And some scotches absolutely do blast you in the face with like mesquite and iodine. Yeah. Uh. And 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 it all kind of comes down to where scotch is made. There yeah. are there are two major styles, and then there are a bunch of other styles. Uh, there's, and 
it's what funny. Are the two major styles. So there are two major styles. The the two one two would be uh, space side and Isla. I what was the first I, one I you might, said? Island space coastal. Well, I I might say even peated and unpeated. Or yeah, oh, yeah. peated you... peated and unpeated. I guess is another good. What way was of saying. the first word you said though? Space side. Speyside. Yeah, S P E Y. Okay. S I D. I was just like, are we talking about Elon Musk again? About space side. <laughs> space space side is uh his, is uh, actually Jeff Bezos's rival space project. <laughs> <laughs> the space siders. Yeah, SpaceX yeah. and space side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I resigned from this podcast. Um, um it's just going to be Lynn from now on. No, actually, I think it's just Mondo. <laughs> Okay. You want a podcast? Um, I give it to you. I bequeath it. I will look you. after it like it is my own son. <laughs> <laughs> we'll raise it. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, you you are correct. Uh, space side, outside, well, well, peated, unpeated. Well, peated versus unpeated because there can be peated space side shots. I was going to say oh I, even today. I I did bring a bottle of peated space side single malt scotch. <laughs> uh, but but I I do think we, like you know this is a podcast where we talk about things and and give people kind of insight into yeah. different. So, Speyside Scotch is uh, indicative of, indicative of a region, mm-hmm. uh, which is like Highland, like Northern Scotland, mm. around the like Eastern coastline, okay, uh, and and inland from that. And then Isla is a tiny little island. Off the western coast of okay. of Scotland, and there are other islands in that area that make scotch. But there are like how many distilleries on Isla, which is like I like. Um, I'm there's gonna... not many. We really know like three or four of them, but I think there's maybe like eight. I am going to look up because I, I want to look up like the size of Isla because it's tiny. Oh, it's a tiny it's island, like, like you said, off the western coast. Another fun thing about scotch is. A lot of people don't realize, like the single malts you see on the shelf, are a relatively small subset of what actually gets made. A lot of distilleries in Scotland actually just make uh, whiskey that goes that goes into blends, such <laughs> as Johnny Walker Black Label, which is the most—I mean, one of the biggest sellers in the world. That stuff has like 30, 40 different distilleries product going into it. Stuff that you might not even necessarily see on a shelf ever. <laughs> they just sell it to uh, Johnny Walker's parent company. It goes into their product, and that's it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are really, really just like on the how many? Um, so, Isla has a population. The whole island has a population of thirty two hundred and twenty eight people. Wow. Okay. Uh, and it is uh, two hundred and thirty nine and a quarter square miles. Wow. Okay. I it's well, I, tiny. Way smaller than Texas. I'll tell you that. Well, Texas so is the biggest nation in the world. Not at all. So <laughs> and somewhere between small and Texas. Somewhere is, between is small Texas, and Texas. Texas is for sure bigger than like the entire UK. It's yeah, actually right? bigger than the entire US. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact about Texas. Uh but yeah, no, it's it's like I mean that that would be uh a hundred miles on each side. Basically, like okay. if we were to do the math, if it were a square, yeah, it'd be a like square. Just over a hundred miles yeah. on each on each side. So, like that's not big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For how for how much scotch is coming out of that place? Yeah. And how many distilleries? 
Um, I'm sure I can figure that out really How quick. many distilleries also, per square mile? Some of those stills are like bigger than your house. Mm-hmm. Or about the size of your house. Massive. They are massive stills. Like distilling. There are nine active distilleries on on okay. the uh, island of Isla. That's I feel like And that is I S L A Y. Uh people might try to pronounce it Isla. It is Isla. That yes. is how you pronounce it. Yes. So <laughs> we just learned just some stuff. And what is peat and unpeated? Peat is a type of moss. Okay. Uh, peat moss. And uh, the way that they make the scotch is, well, one, it's, there is no unpeated scotch. Right. Uh, but there is like peated, there's like normal scotch, and then there is heavily peated scotch. Just to give a really quick, uh, if, if you want to make whiskey, you got to make some kind of beer to boil the alcohol out of. Okay. Now, if you want to make some kind of beer, you need some kind of grain. In Scotland, typically that's barley. Mm-hmm. If you want to, get that grain to start fermenting which is when it starts making yum yum booze mm-hmm. um you have to you have to make it into beer you have to get some of those sugars activated the way they do that is they trick the grain into thinking i'm growing <laughs> they they wet the grain but then they can't let it grow all the way just a little bit so they take this peat they light fires and that peat fire that smoke and heat is used to dry out that grain and that's what's known as malting uh, okay um <clears throat> so that's so, before it ever even gets into like yeah a mix of yeah. Liquid. Mm-hmm. So something um, like a uh, space side might be peated for just a day or two. Something on Isla might be peated for several days into mm. weeks, even. And a lot of and a lot of space side scotches don't use peat fires. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't malt their barley with peat anymore. But there's peat in the water that they use. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of it's kind of pervasive throughout like the way that it's made. There's it's so there is some level of peat in all scotch, as far as I know. Yeah, I would say that's so. The ones that are heavily peated are the ones that are are the fire to malt the barley is is fueled with peat moss that they cut. They they cut like big uh, blocks out of peat bogs, hmm. uh, and then they they like bring it in and and light those. That's wild. Uh, it just seems yeah. like how did. I don't know. How do you figure that out? Well, if <laughs> so, you're in Scotland, you don't have a ton guess, of you don't have a yeah. ton of trees, but you still want fire because civilization kind of revolves around fire. Yeah. So you need guess, fuel and you dig yeah. out this moss. moss. It's like, oh, this stuff burns. Do you have to dry it? I believe they do dry it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not hundred percent sure. Sorry, I'm asking like <laughs> No, I mean the name <laughs> Peat Bog implies it is wet. So Yeah. <laughs> and and but you know, depending on depending on how they, they like they they use the more heavily peated, the more they use it throughout the process. And I, I think that really goes back to the nature of all spirits is the spirit comes from the land. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in Scotland, mm-hmm. it's peat and the river, uh, the water from the river Spey and other rivers. Um, if you're in Mexico, it's agave from that land. If you're in the mm-hmm. U.S., like we look at all the bourbon country, it's around a river. You know, it's the water, it's the land, the corn that grew there. Um and I, I, that's what makes spirits really beautiful. The scotch, I mean, I'm tied to, but all spirits, they come from the land. Mm-hmm. What is around you? What can you use to make this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and th- that's why, I mean, there are so many different forms of spirits and, and, you know, fermented and distilled spirits. And it's, they're so wild and so varied and, in many cases, extremely, extremely distinct and yeah. 
I mean, scotch, scotch is a benchmark for how whiskey is created. I mean, uh, there are a few places around the United States that do create single malt, uh, Whiskies. Shout out to Balcones. Balcones <laughs> makes one. Uh, that's a, a distillery based out of Waco, Texas. Yep. There's Westward and Westland, yeah. both of which make single malts. Uh, there's, and there are a few others, I think, but like uh, there definitely are. But that is also like Scotch style whiskey is extremely popular. That's what Japanese whiskey is based off yeah. of. That's what. A lot of other like Asian whiskeys, uh, like Amrut, which I think is is that from that's Indian, Indian, yeah. Or Amrut, I believe, is Indian, and then there's uh, Kavalan, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, and both of those are kind of based around the way that Scotch is made. Uh, so it it's one of the most like it is like a just benchmark for how to make whiskey. Yeah, it's a testament. They really nailed the production process. And they have a lot of like actual laws in place to say like this is what is, can be Scotch whiskey. This is what cannot mm-hmm. be Scotch whiskey. They're very um, strict with it. And I, I don't know. I I hope this is interesting for people. Yeah. Was I it mean, interesting for you? It was. In, it it is interesting. And then I feel like you lost me for a second. But That's I'm fair. back. That's yeah. Fair. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess to tie this back down to what the average enthusiast or even home drinker might be wondering, what is whiskey? What is whiskey? Uh, well, because like whiskey can be bourbon. Whiskey could be scotch. Whiskey could be Irish. Yeah, a lot of people A lot of people get get like really in the weeds with that uh, where yeah. it's like, oh, like I like whiskey, but I also like bourbon. Right. It's like, oh, well, cool. Because that's also whiskey. Good for you. Yeah. So just to clear it up really quickly, whiskey is a liquor made from grain that is then put in the barrel to age. That is whiskey. Yeah. So whiskey is scotch. Whiskey is bourbon. Whiskey is rye. Whiskey is Irish. Whiskey is Japanese. Whiskey is any of it. It's all whiskey. So if you go up to a bar and know you like like Johnny Walker Black or you like Jack Daniels, don't just go and say, give me a whiskey. Because (laughs) depending on where you are, that means different things. I mean, here, here that means bourbon. Typically, yeah. Typically, if somebody just came up and said, give me a whiskey, I'd say, and I had to just pour them something, I'd probably pour them bourbon. Uh, but in Scotland, if, if somebody asks for a whiskey, you're getting scotch. Right. Uh, it's a big, big category, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Where's Fred Thurston? when you need him? <laughs> uh, <laughs> never here. He's never here when you need him. Anyway, we should probably like refill or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just say real quick, Elise, I know you're not a big drinker. I think it's a real testament that you finished that penicillin. I, like, I did. That, I mean, it's I. so good. Honestly, truly, like, I think this might, this might be like a personal discovery that's happening right now. But I honestly <laughs> think that like whiskey of some kind and honey and ginger in some combination makes one of my favorite drinks. Like, I think this flavor profile for drinks since it is like it comes up in a lot of different ways, I feel like, mm-hmm. but it is one of my favorites. It definitely does for for like alcoholic drinks and also non-alcoholic drinks too. I'm just like, give me honey, give me ginger, give mm-hmm. me lemon. I love it. Great combo. Can't lose. Can't lose. Clear eyes, honey, ginger, lemon. <laughs> can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I think it's time for another <laughs> round. I, I think it's time for another penicillin. Uh, so we're getting wet. Yes. We just yeah, we're getting <laughs> very very wet. <laughs> of the podcast. Anyway, speaking of wet and dry, uh, how do you how do you like your martini? Um, how, how would you order ooh, drink martini? Okay, drink so martini. I, and this is an important skill for everyone listening who is not like a bartender or not has a lot of experience with bars. Um, read your surroundings. Read the room. If you go to a bar that can make you the martini you want absolutely ask for it but if you go to a bar and you quickly realize they cannot make the martini you want mm. maybe get something else um and so my answer to that it's not a very satisfactory answer but i look at where i'm at i look at what their well is like when they're picking up um you know and based on that i'll ask for a martini that will typically be some variation of rocks and equal parts gin, equal parts all the way to three to one is like my heaviest. I still like okay. a good bit of vermouth. Um, equal parts all the way to three to one. Um, some kind of London dry. Tanqueray 10 has been my favorite so far. But if I spot something like Mahone on the back bar, I'll go for Mahone. Um, and I typically like Koki Americano. I like bitterness. I, I like that. And, and also Koki is a lot a sweeter than yeah, people realize. Sweet, yeah. um, which I like that. I like some sugar, some backbone. I like the bitterness and orange bitters. Orange bitters for me are a must. Yeah. Uh, lately, I've been uh, lately I've been playing around. Uh, Brando actually asked me to do this. Uh, mm -hmm. Brandon is another one of our coworkers. Uh, he, uh, he, whenever he gets off and he has a chance to like sit at the bar, he always orders a martini, especially when I'm working because I think he and I have like bonded over martinis. Brandon is the martini guy. <laughs> yeah, and he. Uh, he recent like I'd say about three or four months ago, started ordering them after I think after the episode with Maddie, mm -hmm. he ordered them with a half an ounce of Koki and a half an ounce of Manzanilla. That's at delicious. Two to one gin, mm -hmm. tank ten to uh, Manzanilla and mm -hmm. Koki. So no actual vermouth in there, right? Uh, but oh, it's awesome. Yeah, that's delicious because uh, the Koki has the sugar that Manzanilla lacks. It just uh. it's a it's a really delicious. Um, like salty without being briny, right? Ugh, it's it's a it's a really good martini, and it's and it's one I've been like kind of craving lately. It's a good one, and so I did call Brandon the martini guy. I want to clarify, <laughs> he's the martini drinker. You are the martini maker. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I really appreciate You're the that martini clarification. guys together. One makes someone drink some. The super the martini martino guys. brothers. Well, like if anybody's ever has the fortune of sitting in front of Landswell. And ask him for Adidas choice. Um, Land makes some of the most spectacular martinis that I've had. Um, Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. And they're really good. And they're not what you would think of as a conventional martini. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think I, I I feel like I've talked about this before, but I I really think that like as long as you've got a white vermouth, as soon as you get into sweet vermouth, like red vermouth, you're you're getting into Manhattan territory, right? But as long as you are living in white vermouth so either dry or blanc or or white fortified spirits or white fortified wines in general like koki or or sherry or something like that uh you are and you have a spirit you're in martini land anything yeah. anything goes uh, this is a personal rule for me that like 
anything within that realm. Yeah. Uh, light spirits, light vermouth, martinis. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Um, just reminds me, I had a I had a guest sitting in front of me, some sort of um, European woman with a very heavy accent, and she asked me, "Is Manhattan martini?" Like in a very like broken English, heavy uh-huh. accident way, and I was like, "My yes, brain just no, my, my my brain just broke." Like I, I, think that was, I think that was my answer. Yes, but no. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that would be my answer. Is They're yes, like but no. Cousins. It's it's it is. If you changed everything about a martini, it's a two to one is martini. It, if you swapped everything, right? Is it like a scale? You said like once if you swap out like your your white vermouth for like a red. What is there a middle ground there? Like is there the, mar- a the Martinez would be the the Martinez okay. would be the transitional cocktail. Okay. And what's another? Uh, Martinez is actually the OG martini, right? Uh, Which is- the original martini was was gin. Instead of it being London Dry, it was typically Old Tom. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is a sweeter, uh, a sweeter style of gin, yeah. Uh, which originates from uh, the gin craze. Which, if you haven't heard of the gin craze, it's <laughs> wild. The, no, the gin craze was like a huge. It was like an epidemic. Yeah, in when? Uh, like the mid eighteen hundreds. I want to say mid eighteen hundreds. Mid eighteen hundreds in uh, the UK and in England specifically, it was like yeah. G- Everybody was just like going ham on. They compare it to like, to like crack. Yeah. No. And also <laughs> historians to the like. No, I'm not kidding. Like historians so like, compare it to like crack. Dis- like disrupt uh, all of society. It d- disrupted all of society. There was like a they, there was like an insane death toll because really? of it. Because okay. of of like the death poorly rate made gin. The birth rate. Yeah. In Great Britain oh my god. Because of so gin. it is literally like. The gin craze. Like, look it up. It's 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 okay. a wild thing now that happened. Like a mini soda on the when gin yeah, we can absolutely do. I feel like that, that would actually be really very fun. very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but but people were craving gin so much, and it was it was a thing of at that point it was a thing of the lower classes, right? Interesting. Uh, and and so people compare it to like crack or or meth in terms of just like how pervasive and how damaging it was to the populace. Yeah. Um, And like you said, the death rate because of the gin craze uh, was higher than the birth rate. And during that time, they would sweeten. Did that, what what, what year? It was mid 1800s? Mid 1800s. Did that parallel anything? Was there like. If if you think about it, lower classes looking for an escape. It was kind of general unhappiness about the British Empire. This was towards the end of the British Empire. Um, And so, I mean, people just kind of hated life you know so they yeah. turned to things to get the, an escape of some sort um i don't think hard drugs were necessarily super accessible but gin sure was <laughs> you got a bathtub you got grain you got juniper juniper extract even yeah and so it, and it got really gnarly so when you're making let's you know this is this is another bar five day person that we're talking to so let's talk about distillation for a second oh boy back into it no, this is. I, I find this really interesting. <laughs> I love and distillation. We're we're about yeah. we're about one and a half Gave penicillins in at this point. Um, so I feel like we can maybe keep this a little bit looser. But love loose. Um, when you distill, mm-hmm. like when you're heating up the 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 beer or whatever it is that you're you're distilling, be it beer, wine, or or some other fermented thing, uh, the first thing that comes off the still uh, when you when you turn the alcohol into vapor. 
is methanol, which is in large concentrations extremely dangerous. I just learned it actually only takes 10 milligrams to destroy your optic nerve. It only takes uh I should say milliliters, not milligrams. It only takes 10 milligrams. It's the same thing actually. When you yeah, when right. you drink it. Hey, I'm a bartender, not a scientist, first of all. But yes, it, it only takes 10 milliliters or grams or whatever ingested of methanol, like raw methanol, mm-hmm. to destroy your optic nerves. It only takes 30 milliliters ingested to kill a person. Damn. So that's like when people say they're going to drink themselves blind or think like, you know, moonshine making you go blind. It's because they're in order to maximize the amount of alcohol mm-hmm. that you get out of a distilled product. So a responsible distiller makes cuts. They let the first little bit burn off and that's the heads and that's the methanol, which is extremely volatile. And sometimes a little bit of methanol left in leads to interesting flavors. Yeah, well, there's other stuff in it's the like heads besides methanol. Blind. Yeah, or a, a little bit of the heads, I guess. So it's really the other stuff yeah, that you want. Yeah, it's the other stuff. <laughs> you really don't you really don't want methanol. Yeah. Um but but it sometimes is in there anyway because of you leaving in the heads. But that's the stuff that makes you go blind and that's the stuff that kills you. And then there's the stuff at the tails which is sometimes the bad. So you'll you'll stop distilling. You know, and you'll start pouring off before that bottom part of the distillation is 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 vaporized, huh. and that's that's where and that's that's called the hearts, and that's where like most of the good stuff is, and the art of it is making sure that you cut from the heads and the tails to get like the interesting stuff and the good stuff from the interesting flavors from that, uh, and not the harmful chemicals that will kill you or okay. taste bad. Equally important, not killing you and also tasting bad. Yeah. Um, so, so are you like burning that off, or are you just letting it sit and evaporate? Yeah. That well, that's that's really that's stupid. how it works. I mean, you when you when you distill, you heat it up, and and basically bring it to a uh, like you turn it into vapor, and so it evaporates. It flows up the still, and you don't you don't like condense that part. Well, it okay. it it comes off the still, and you just toss it. Yeah, really is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you if you make like if you know your run is going to give you a hundred liters of whatever, maybe toss your first liter. Yeah, like very very raw like explanation, but yeah, but that that is all to say the gin craze was bad. The original martini was an old Tom gin that was typically sugar added to kind of mask some of those nastier flavors. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, and from there, kind of split martini Manhattan. Uh, very very. Um, abridged explanation. But the, I would, the Martinez also did have sweet vermouth is where, where I was getting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so now that I think about that, now that I think about this more, I might say, and maybe this is wrong, correct me, please. I think of martinis as typically a dry vermouth, so less sugar mm-hmm. content, and they tend to kind of lean from like like two to one about there uh-huh. to drier. Yeah. It doesn't ever really go above that. A Manhattan kind of leans two to one and maybe sweeter, but it doesn't really go below that level i well i mean we we can talk about like equal parts martinis which is a big uh, right. i'm a big fan of as you know right uh and so i think that it goes above two to one for martinis mm. but it, Fair. I've, I've but i i do agree like it doesn't really ever get much less than like two to one as far as Mart- manhattans go yeah in terms of, of of vermouth content and to bring it all the way back to martinis I'm going to be that heathen that says, despite me liking a relatively wet martini, 
Um, I like olives in mine, not a twist. Mm. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a drink with a snack. It, it is. Um, and I drink them on the rocks because um, <laughs> it actually uh, encourages me to drink it faster. <laughs> oh, see, it, it, ro- rocks encourages me to drink it slower. With the martini specifically, I feel like I'm on a clock against the rock melting and diluting my drink. Mm-hmm. And I say, uh, this rock will not defeat me. I will defeat the rock. I will <laughs> I ingest this that. martini before the rock has a chance to ingest my martini. And as we all know, the rock is thirsty for martinis. The rock thirsts made, for made, martinis. Made specifically with Terramana tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson thirsts for martinis. Uh, and you, and in, as far as my rules go, you can make a martini with Terramana tequila as long as it's a Blanco. Yo, a tequila or an agave martini of some sort with like some grapefruit and celery bitters is pretty bomb. Huh. Um, I made and, that for you. <laughs> yeah. Is that, what, is that what you were leading towards? Well, yeah. The fact that I made a mezcal martini. Yeah. I made this for you. <laughs> well, are you yes. familiar with Jillian Smith? Jillian. Oh, Jillian I know the video. Okay. Yeah. Hot cooling. Cool. We, um, we've talked about it. I, I, yes, I love that video. Um, and, and as such, I only order martinis in very specific situations if I'm trying to get somewhere very quickly. Or if it's the end of my shift, after a long shift at the bar, I just worked 12, 13 hours. I know that I don't have the luxury of sitting down and enjoying a drink. Mm-hmm. I want something. Um, so yeah, I get that quick martini in and then I finish my work. Yeah. I'm not really the kind to like sit around and drink too much, especially like at the end of a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm often closing the bar, so I'm not like, a, I'm going to have, I'm going to sit at the bar after my shift and have a cocktail. It happens every now and then, but right. like, it happens when the mood strikes and that mood strikes infrequently. Right. Typically when I'm done working, I just want to go home. Yeah. And, and if I am sitting enjoying something, I typically find myself really sitting down and enjoying neat spirits that I have an affinity towards, which would be scotch and agave spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh. I feel like I had something to say about something, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what it was. Oh, I'm just, I just get really insecure about talking about distillation because you know a little bit more about it than I do. I mean, I don't think so. I just, I'm, I'm not as good at talking about it. <laughs> I just hear it and I'm like, I, I am so lost. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that Armando is more knowledgeable about distillation and the process therein than I am. Yeah. I just think of it like, have you ever seen like a how it's made like on pizza logs? It's a giant <laughs> <laughs> or pizza rolls. <laughs> okay, please explain how distillation is like pizza logs. Yeah, pizza rolls. I'm sorry, pizza rolls. Like Tatina's pizza rolls. Um, <laughs> a fine product. A fine product. Oh, <laughs> I assure man. you, it's fine. It's a fine. <laughs> It's a fine product. Um, <laughs> well, like you have your like your production line just spitting out these pizza rolls, and so the heads, these first couple of pizza rolls are going to be a little goofy, a little wonky, a little wonky, you know. So maybe discard those. But then your hearts, the next ten thousand pizza rolls, that, that's some good stuff. Okay. That's some fine stuff. And then at the very end, you might get some, you know, so leakers. I'm, Is there I'm, a way okay, to, to be are, honest? Are there... I'm very confused. Is is this stuff coming out? Does it come out? Yeah, is it yeah. still like like maple syrup out of a tree? Essentially, but it's that's like kind the of a, first that's little bit good... is bad, and then you're are you like almost like have you ever this? cooked rice? It depends on yes. It d- so imagine you're you have a pot, 
Yes. It has rice. Imagine the rice is like your beer, wine, whatever you're trying to make alcohol out of. It has a lid. Now, you know when you make rice, water's condensing on the top of that lid, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine if you had a straw. So you're getting that? Yes. Yes, That's what it is. Yeah. And so what's happening, it's really cool. So this this mash has, it has a bunch of stuff in it. It has maybe 5 to 10% alcohol, right? But when you're when you're heating it, because alcohol evaporates before water, because alcohol, mm. you know, alcohol evaporates like a, I don't know, 70, 80, 90 degrees. I don't know. It evaporates faster than water. Water's at 212. Alcohol's a lot cooler than that. The alcohol starts evaporating it. You're not boiling the water. You're boiling the alcohol. So you're at first so, you're like, okay, this is scary alcohol. The one yeah. that goes first. And so and then it gets up better. And then it gets shitty. And again. the alcohol we want is ethanol. That's what we're drinking. That's great. Good stuff. That's what um, I, so we and our cars are drinking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, there's other chemical compounds. I mean, there's acids, there's fatty oils, there's esters, congeners, wh- whatever you want to call them. Boo-boo, bad stuff, goo-goo, good stuff, whatever. Um, <laughs> in there, there's, there's methanol, which is not great. And methanol actually evaporates quicker than ethanol even. Okay. And so when that stuff evaporates, you just it, it all comes off that straw. It's typically cooled in some fashion to kind of aid in condensing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of getting it depends on it depends on the type of still you're using. With a pot still you do have to condense it and it does have to like you do have to like get yeah. rid of like fully get rid of the the liquid that has recondensed. Right. For a for a column still you can let it like evaporate off the top. Mhm. I desperately want diagrams and illustrations i mean we can do this we we, okay, uh, we have them if you're okay, okay with breaking federal law we can do this like at home yeah i mean i i okay i just wanted <laughs> illustrations but you can uh, buy stills i mean in this economy maybe i don't know hey um, but yeah no like like so depending on the type of still okay. you have there are two main types of stills pot there's still there's the Which, pot is still that, like legit a pot essentially yeah there are lots of different kinds of pot stills. Big, like, like how there's how a there's a pot? mezcal that you and I were enjoying a few days ago or a few weeks ago. Yep. Uh, that is like a clay. It's a clay pot, right? Or is it a copper pot? But it can be both. The the Monero that I brought over was a clay pot. Yeah. So it was like so it can be made from anything. Uh, copper is really common because it's a good conductor of heat. And also, copper um, takes away um, impurities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but for a mezcal, sometimes you get or and other spirits, you get clay pots. So this one, the Monero, is a clay pot, and you, uh, it's heated, and the alcohol condenses in a bamboo tube. Yeah. So hmm. there's there's some pretty like rustic like rudimentary stuff that is still used for major production today. Uh, the like fastest, most efficient, most like. What what most things are made from is a column still, so that is or or it's also called a continuous still. So every time you use a pot still, it has to like the distillation process happens, and you get yeah all of it. Yep. With a column still, you can constantly feed fresh wash uh, or or the beer or whatever you're using hmm. into the bottom of it, and it'll constantly be feeding new stuff in, and it's constantly going. Yep. And, and so you, so how do you get the, methanol? the methanol goes first. So you just like you don't you you basically a column still has multiple points at which you can uh, condense it. They're like it's like a long pipe with plates mm-hmm. running down it and In those things ones? condense. So you would like let the stuff at, you wouldn't go for the stuff at the top. You would go for the stuff at the middle. 
Yeah. You, you just let the methanol evaporate out the top. It's like a hundred pots of rice stacked on top of each other. <laughs> exactly. And you can pick and choose which pot. Oh, this pot has the... The best rice. Yeah. Um, okay. And you just have a hose that's feeding rice this constantly. Over and over again. Oh, slowly. It's really, it's really cool stuff. And I've never heard the rice analogy before. And I really like that. Yeah. Because like, I yeah. also like, Thank I you. know like that's how you make rose water too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's fun, distillation isn't just booze. Like people have been distilling stuff for forever. What do you yeah. distill other than distillation juice? is rose also water? Or rose water? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I just gave my own example. Okay, cool. I mean, um, there's also uh, vacuum distillation, which is its own crazy thing. So, with vacuum distillation, you actually are distilling non-alcoholic stuff. Mm. Like well, you can, you can. And other stuff you can di- you can vacuum distill booze, but you can also take pre-existing booze and with a vacuum distiller because it's it's like about rotation as opposed to temperature. Well, and it is about to. So the, for all you kids at home, <laughs> in a vacuum, which means in the absence of air, uh, yes. the boiling point of things is lowered, which means yes. you can boil water like I don't know what the exact temperature is, but instead of like two hundred twelve degrees, you can boil it at a much lower temperature. Consequently, also alcohol boils at a much lower temperature. So you can get your alcohol out of something like at, I don't know, 40, 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really wild. <laughs> Again, you you're you're better at the technical stuff than I am. But but yeah, no, basically it's and, and it's about like creating a vacuum and you can we saw at bringing it back to Dead Rabbit, we saw like non-alcoholic Campari that they made in a vacuum distillation. Yeah, thing. Th- those guys are just so cool. They and really are. Again, like <laughs> Actually, bringing it back to the penicillin, mm-hmm. this penicillin has Benedictine in it. Yeah, and they make theirs with Benedictine. Which is something we learned from them, which I guess should bring us to the broader point of, again, children at home, you can make your cocktail really any way you want. You really can. <laughs> uh, but we're not talking about the penicillin anymore, actually, Armando, and that's actually- Talking uh, about vacuums. It's really it's really presumptuous of you to uh, to say that. Um, Perchance. So actually, we're- we're really disappointed in you for mm-hmm. bringing back up this drink that we're drinking. Hey, you and my parents joined the club. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, but yeah, we do we have. Probably uh, move on to the next little bit because yeah. I, my mind has just been blown like at least three times. Um, because again, I have no idea how anything works. So after we ask people about what their favorite martini is, we like to ask. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest pet peeve from watching TV in terms of drinking, bar etiquette, just generally how bars work? So um, I have brought up this episode of Smallville to Lamb before, and he's mentioned it on the podcast before. It's a really great intro to Smallville where the bartender is just pouring shots. So is I, this is this the video that we watch at least like four to five times? It is exactly that okay. video. I okay. think we may have to post that on our Instagram. You yeah. guys got to post it. Because and- oh, what? Okay, I what show was I watching? I feel like I saw Smallville. Your favorite show? No, it show. wasn't. It wasn't Smallville. It was another. It was another show, but that they also poured shots like this, like like that. Oh, it was. It was a movie. Um, it we was, need to. We need uh, to send out. Like we, one, we need to post that. Uh, this is some of your scotch. I I I left really quick, and Elise did a really good job of vamping oh. while I poured some more scotch. But is this the Ben Ryak? Yes. Okay. Ah. Hey, it turns out I have good taste in scotch. Um. Um. It was. I watched. So like this. Okay. So this weekend I was sick with strep. So I also I took an actual penicillin 
with my drink, the penicillin. And I, while I was just like exhausted and tired and sick, I watched the movie Last Night in Soho okay. with Anya Taylor Joy. Okay. And in that movie, in one of the first scenes, they pour Jägermeister into a bunch of shots and they pour it in very similar fashion. Like, party! We're just gonna and like. And the shot glasses are all like six feet apart dribble. for some reason. It, it's yeah. not as heinous as that. It's not absolutely terrible, but they like it, they just like drip pour it like and you, you I feel like you see videos of bartenders doing that well where they like well and, and it's also about like where you pour it like if I pour a shot like that I'm gonna or if I pour anything like that I'm gonna do it on my mats right not gonna I've do, done that at the Roosevelt yeah, yeah yeah but I'm not gonna do that well one I don't I don't pour shots like I don't invert the bottle right. and just like pour across I like yeah. bump stop it because that's part of how I measure when I free pour yes but like if you're pouring just across then typically you do it on your mats something that's easily cleanable something that's not going to splatter right um meanwhile on a lot of shows they're just like we'll do it on the bar glug, top glug, glug. and it's or just, just like, like in a splashing table in someone's house like that was um, like it was like in a yeah. college dorm and i'm you like know, i get it it's all a little sticky but like are you gonna just like waste your booze pouring it out on the table like no you're broke as shit like you're gonna not just yeah. pour it all over the table yeah, i've never understood fuck? that well you know it's funny about that i think people see that motion and it does look very cool like I'm a when bartender. Done well. Yeah, I'm a bartender and I think that looks cool. But you know, you gotta understand a lot of times people do this with a pour spout. And a lot of people don't think about this. They're called speed pours, but those pour spouts you see at bars actually slow down the pour. They slow it down so you have more control. So if you go to a good bar, whether it be a flare bar, speed bar, dive bar, a cocktail bar like the Roosevelt Room, and you order 12 shots for you and your friends, and the bartender goes to just line them up and pour them, it does look cool, but they often have a lot more control than you think they do. Yeah. Um, some of the best fl- flare bartenders I know, like they could pour an ounce and a quarter while flipping things every way imaginable. Like they're yeah. good. Yeah. I'm not uh, saying that's the case always, but you know, there are also a lot of bad flare, flare There's bartenders. a lot of bad flare bartenders. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man. But one thing I, I think that I wanted to bring up was as far as bar etiquette, I think one of my pet peeves that's completely irrational is when people sit down at a bar and order things like if they're ordering off a McDonald's menu. And I think that comes from people not understanding like drinks are organic and they can be catered to people. And I am creating this for you in this moment. There are many penicillins like this, but this one is for you. And I made it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you tell me something you do or don't like, I can adjust for that. And you don't need to order. Let me get the one Big Mac with a side of fries, please. You know, hey, I like this. Can you make me something like this? Yeah. And those are the best um, ways to get a drink. Drink orders are always a conversation. Yeah. Have a conversation with the person in front of you. Like, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I think a lot of us, especially at bars like the Roosevelt Room that care about what they do, uh, we care about what we're making for you. We are taking the time to make it for you. We want you to have a great experience, have a great drink. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the, one of the most demoralizing things that ever happens as a bartender is like the, hey, folks, how we doing? Old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. We're, I guess how we're doing is old fashioned and I'm just going to go fuck myself. Like, yeah. yeah. As, like, as, as a host at Roosevelt Room, I get that a lot. They're like, <laughs> we'll have old fashions, please. So it's, before, I mean, not even sitting at <laughs> this the bar. This is a host like, answer. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Do you like see any steps. bottles, sir? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I get orders for old fashions a but, lot. And I'm just like, oh my God, think about it. And like, it doesn't even, it, it doesn't even need to be like, like, I don't care if our conversation is all of like, hi, hello, how are you? I like old fashions. If that's the conversation, I make it old fashioned. Boom. We're all yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the, the thing that really gets me. Uh, is when when people don't acknowledge bartenders as human mm -hmm. and they're just like, hello, drink making machine, espresso martini. And then it's just like, hi, how you doing? Espresso martini. Hi, how you doing? Old fashioned. It's usually mm -hmm. one of those two. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? Vodka soda. It's one of those three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Typically. I, you know, I hate to generalize people by their drink orders, but uh, I, I don't, I try not to judge people for their drink orders. Yeah, I, I never do. And I, and I don't. I don't drink, judge anybody. Like, what, drink whatever you want. Yeah. If you're um, paying for it, it is a valid order. But it does happen to typically be those three things. <laughs> if somebody is ordering, if, if I'm like, hi, hello, how are you doing? And then they answer with a drink order and that's how they're doing. It's, it's typically either an old-fashioned espresso martini or a vodka soda, all of which are very valid drinks, all of which are delici yeah. delicious in their own right. And uh, none of which are bad, but the people that order them sometimes are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if this kind of fits in, but like I've since like we had Bjorn Taylor on this podcast. Love and Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn's great. Thinking a lot about non-alcoholic cocktails. I feel like we've had a lot of listeners or just friends. It's fine. Um, some of our talk, friends listen. Some of our friends listen. Talk about non-alcoholic cocktails. I've been thinking a lot about parallels between like me being a vegetarian for a very long time and food menus and drink menus and mm -hmm. like non-alcoholic stuff. And just like for years being like, can you sub that bacon for avocado, please? And people being like, oh, yeah. And just like looking through the menu and being like, okay, is there something I can sub for this meat? Is there, are there mushrooms? Like, are yeah. there mushrooms other places on this menu that they like would be e easily able to substitute or whatever? If there's like a flavor that you like somewhere else, like, could I sub this for this or yeah. add this in? I don't know if that sounds like a reasonable ask, but like, that's what I do for food all the time. I, being like, how can is. I make this edible for me? It almost and, like, always how depends. How can I make this drinkable for me? It's almost always fine. Uh, it depends on the drink. Um, there are a few drinks at the Roosevelt Room. We pre-batch a lot of our drinks because otherwise we would, most of them are like more than five touches. Right. They take like more than five bottles to pick up if you make them from scratch. And so it would just it would just be insane to make them all uh, from scratch every single time. Yeah. Um, so for speed, we 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 pre batch a lot of our cocktails, and some of the things that we pre batch, we don't have the ingredient that makes the drink right. the drink right. in house. We only have it like off site where we pre batch, and so in a lot of cases, or in some cases, we can't change yeah. this drink but you also like the roosevelt room also has a pretty beefy menu we've got so a beefy menu always so, the but, but like, the vast the vast majority of the drinks that we make we can make yeah and change mm -hmm. i i'm a believer in what i'm going to call the culinary approach to cocktails you know you can absolutely sub things out if the ingredient is available and if it isn't we we will let you know i i think one thing that people get really hinged on is the nomenclature or 
I don't know. I might be pronouncing that wrong. The names of cocktails. Like people are like, oh, this is the land tallest and special. Mm-hmm. I yeah. want the land tallest can I and sub, special. Can but I sub the, the land? <laughs> yeah. Can I sub the land? And, you know, I think a lot of bartenders are quick to go, well, then it isn't the land tallest and special. It's the beefy tallest and special now. <laughs> it's a completely different drink. But the thing is, there's only one ingredient different. Like, what's yeah. the problem with that? And I think we as bartenders have to be um, like able to say, yeah, I can do that for you. It's going to be similar, not the same, but here you go. Yeah. Um, and that's not a problem. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there are some exceptions to that. Like uh, folks will sometimes order like the Roosevelt Room Martini, which right. is a very specific martini. Right. Sub the Roosevelt Room. And please. they're like, they're like, well, can I do instead of the vermouth, can I do olive brine? I'm like, well, that won't, that'll make it not the Roosevelt Room Martini, but mm-hmm. I'd be more than happy to make you a martini in this style. Yeah, that you're asking for. Like, I'm more than happy to do that for you. It's just not the Roosevelt Room Martini. Right. But that's a good starting place mm-hmm. for what people actually want. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Anyway, sorry to bring that up. But like... No, no, that's... I, I feel like that's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Like... But but like especially like, for folks... I, should I actually have this? But especially for are. folks like wanting to sub something out for a non-alcoholic version, like as long as it's not a... Like the only thing that's tough to make non-alcoholic, honestly, is something that is all booze. Mm-hmm. That said, the Roosevelt Room just released a non-alcoholic uh, Negroni. A non-alcoholic Negroni that is awesome. Okay, it it's really really good. We had a non-alcoholic martini on the on the men- <laughs> menu for a while. We called it the Nartini. This is the Negroni. Uh, <laughs> The we had to stage an intervention, and by stage, I mean it was f- pretty impromptu. Somebody brought it up in our staff meeting that we have every week, yeah. And he was like, I'm like six for six on this cocktail this week of people ordering it and sending it back. This, this non alcoholic martini is awful. And he was like, Yeah, well, like it's got its flaws, and we've been working on it, but like we're, we're working on something like to update it. And we're, and then a bunch of other people chimed in being like, yeah, no, like nobody likes this cocktail. <laughs> and like I ended up, he was just like, does anybody else have anything to say about this cocktail? It's bad. I, was like, I, I, no, I chimed in and I was like, I would also like to chime in here and just let you know it is bad. <laughs> yeah, and I think I did the, the same. Yeah, we all like we all just kind of dunked on him for a second. And as much as I love Justin, Justin, I really hope you're listening. I love you yeah, so much. And, yeah. Also, him, Justin, him please was... don't sue us. Yeah, um. please don't sue us. And also, Justin, I love you. And also, Justin, I do love dunking on you also. I love you, Justin. I also love dunking on you. Uh, and Which I would have won that game of beer pong. <laughs> he, he was just like, all right, we'll take it off the menu right now. <laughs> Everybody stop talking to me about it. We'll take it off the menu. And he's just... <laughs> To be fair, it was very bad. It's the one drink on the Roosevelt Rooms menu that I could never recommend to anyone. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what this brings to mind? It's like when you order food, it's always like braised figs and asparagus puree with a chicken or mushroom stock, whatever it is. Food is named after its ingredients. Uh-huh. Cocktails are named the Lantals and Special. Yeah. They have mm. a specific name given all to them. All cocktails. Oh, yes, all cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm harping on that. Um, it, I don't, you know, it's cool, but like, I almost feel like it gives the uneducated 
uh, cocktail enthusiast, it gives them some impression that like you can't change something about the Bensonhurst, for example. Yeah. You you see Bensonhurst? Oh, I must have this. Um, and like I don't know. Don't be afraid to ask for substitutions. And mm. if it's another drink, like that's okay. Like, yeah. Or I, I mean, feel at the like end of the day, also- like a, the Bensonhurst is just a. It was just a Brooklyn. It was just a Brooklyn. Which was just a Manhattan. Which was just a, Manhattan. Was just so, a yeah. Martinez. Also, yes. I feel like being so, like... Again, we I get back the, to like all cocktails are a, 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 a variation of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like even if it changes what the cocktail is, like it's like one time one of my... Well, maybe, and I know, like, you had, okay. I know you had something to say. But, Go ahead. Um, just talking over me. It's- I'm so sorry. <laughs> Very rude. We were all talking over yeah. each other okay. to Go be ahead. fair. Um, like one of my my TV things that I've brought up before is uh, there's an episode of Black Mirror where somebody orders a vodka sidecar, which if you think which about is it, the true horror is literally of that black a black lemon drop. It's a, it's a lemon drop. It's literally just a lemon drop. But like, yeah, it's also a vodka sidecar. Yeah, and so like, if that's if that's what the leap you need to take to get to the cocktail you want, have at it. Like I would like I I would like a Can I get this beef tartare seared? I'd like a gin between two buns, please. <laughs> I'd like a gin <laughs> <laughs> like I, It took you a second. <laughs> well, I was I was making my I was doing my own thing, so I was like half listening, so it took me a second to process. And <laughs> honestly, honestly, please someone make a restaurant where it's like <laughs> Beef tartare seared between two buns. <laughs> I hate how much I love that. Please, someone do that. And then <laughs> I think we have the episode name, by the way. I'm pretty sure it's going to be beef Penicillins tartar. and Beef Tartare Seared between, between Two, two buns. buns with Armando Garza. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Uh, but I also, I, I feel like that's a really, like, even if you're like, okay. As an uneducated, you've tartar seared between two buns. Um, See, there's the but, problem. We laugh at it. No, so then like, people think they're going to get okay, laughed at when they charge, ask for that. Bensonhurst. You can charge a lot of money for beef tartar seared between two buns. Um, but at the end of the day, like, do you know what? Do you know what it means? Like, well, the best part is the guest walks into the restaurant, asks the server, "Do you have a smash burger?" The server goes, "No, but we have this beef tartar seared between two buns." <laughs> And we pound it real hard. <laughs> beef, um, it's really, really like we have we have <laughs> pummeled beef tartare pummeled. seared between two buns. And but like that's a good conversation to have. Is is what I was trying to say essentially. Yeah. Is like if you're like, what would it be crazy of me to like add this thing, or do you like do you think that would taste good, or is that a terrible idea? Or yeah. what would you recommend? Right. And I'm always situation. happy to and make those really recommendations. Cool. And, you know, if you're paying for it, your drink order is valid. I am far more interested in you as a person than your drink order. Yeah. Which is maybe now a good transition. I think so. Yeah. For. Let's move. into um, it. I guess a dual question between my sister and our friend Omar is. Shout out to Omar and also your sister. Uh, my sister I've met Sarah. your sister. She was very nice. Yes. Very appreciated her uh, letting us into her abode. Yes. Yes. Okay. I forgot about that. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> well, oh, man. Have we told you this? One, I don't think I've told you this story. One 
I don't I think know it, at least before Chris ate like one bite of a of a sandwich and then fell asleep. Fell asleep on her couch. <laughs> no, no, no. He fell asleep sitting up at, at the dinner table. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like in a chair with a sweet tea in his hand and a beer in the other. I think it was a sweet tea and a chopped cheese. Was it a sweet tea and a chopped cheese? Yeah. With yeah. like vice grip on them. We were talking. We were having a conversation. They had had a long, they had a Flights long were night. Flights had been canceled. Flights were rescheduled. Nights, and nights had been unslept. Yep. And, and he just like fell asleep. She she was so nice. She's a hospitality just, like, queen. Yeah, she really is. And she she was nice enough to let us drop our stuff there and, and kind of have yeah. it be a home base before we went upstate for bar five day. And uh, Chris, God bless his soul. He was, <laughs> we, we, he was potentially going to be a second guest on this episode but then he had to just not... asleep with a chopped cheese yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he was asleep with a chopped cheese and uh but he um yeah no we were having a, a nice time we went out to death and co it was it was y'all's first time at death and co and uh then we grabbed chopped cheeses on the way back to her her apartment and uh we were like chatting and we were about gearing up to like go to Grand Central to take the train up to Poughkeepsie and all of a sudden like we're chatting having a nice time we look over and he's just asleep with a grip on both the chopped cheese and the and the sweet tea and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my whole life (laughs) yeah it was really good somebody got a picture of it right I don't know I have to check my phone I didn't. I don't think. I don't think but, I did. That's how I want to go, though. Yeah. Chopped cheese, <laughs> sweet tea. Chopped cheese in Last one hand, meal. sweet tea in the other. Oof. Yes, please. But um, anyway, so anyway. that's the that's the sister of Elise's that asked the question. Uh, the but person it's who, a combination. I'm I'm ma- It's a mashup question. Ma- well, com- I guess it's a three. A combo question. It's a three parter. So what a is thromba it? Question. What is the drink of summer 2022? Why is it the Dirty Shirley? And should people be afraid to order it? And will they be judged for ordering a dirty Shirley? Hmm. You know, we we really have to look at sales, but just based on what I've made at the Roosevelt Room, I've made very very sh- few dirty Shirleys. Okay. But apparently, it might not have it, the dirty Shirley might not have there was a, taken awesome. Your mom or. sent us an article, and I it was like from the New York Times or or like like the New York magazine or something like that. It was a New York, some sort of yeah. publication. It was after we made like, a bunch of them around Christmas time. Yeah. And she was, and she posted, she like sent it to us in a group chat and was like, is this actually real? And it was something about like, dirty Shirley's are going to be the cocktail of the summer. <laughs> yeah. And then Omar was like, my friend group cannot stop ordering them. And then Sarah was like, my friend group is afraid to order them. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know what a dirty Shirley is, it is a Shirley Temple. It's a Shirley Temple, which is just Sprite and grenadine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but with, with cherries, with don't vodka, and yeah, a maraschino cherry, and that's it. That's the cocktail. And if you want it, you should order it. So I don't want to judge anyone's drink order ever. Yeah. That said. If I was like, can I just I have, have I a have whole one... bunch of maraschino cherries in a... <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, they're delicious and you can have them. Um, <clears throat> and a dirty Shirley, I think, is fine. There's grenadine in there. 
I've had like I I got an inordinate amount of vodka sprites as an order recently, and I was just like, that just seems like a drink that a child would order. I do wonder. This is such a broad statement. I do wonder if it's a, like a symptom of just like a younger younger generation becoming drinkers and younger generation, particularly in Austin, Texas, the younger generation having disposable income to go to nicer cocktail mm. bars yeah. and ordering things that are a little bit more like to their taste or things that they've tried before. Um, I have two opinions on a Dirty Shirley. Well, like three, really. One, I don't them. care if you order one. Yeah. You're paying for it. I will make it for you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Two... Um, get a Mexican firing squad. It's a very similar flavor profile and it's what's way in, better. What's in that? Mexican firing squad is three quarters grenadine and lime juice, uh, three quarters of each, ounce and a half of tequila, which ounce and a half is a pretty standard shot around the US, but two dashes of Angostura bitters, sometimes top of a little soda, sometimes ginger ale, sometimes ginger beer, whatever. It doesn't You don't need it. Um, served with a maraschino cherry and a lime. It's got all the same elements, but with tequila, a few bitters. Okay. It is so good. Okay. It's really I'm gonna... good order that i will say i will say the first thing you the first sip you take though you do have to like sip it up into the straw and like pour it out next to you because of the unfortunate name (laughs) (laughs) yes um and my my third are um, you sure yeah do you want to like no we're good okay a a piece of equipment just fell (laughs) but um my my third opinion on the dirty shirley is that (laughs) while i don't care if you order it and pay for it uh, my pro- my only one problem with it is that it is prob- problematic for cocktail bars. It includes two ingredients that are expensive and inconvenient for cocktail bars. Grenadine. If you're if you're a bar you go to makes their own grenadine, they typically don't make a lot. The classic, um, what is it called? Uh, Repertoire of canon. Yeah, the classical canon of cocktails does not have a lot of grenadine. It typically gets made in very small quantities of cocktail mm-hmm. bars. And if you're at a cocktail bar ordering a Dirty Shirley, <laughs> you're getting Probably looks hard on maraschino cherries, which are about twenty dollars for like three, four ounces of them. Um, so that's where it comes. Which is that's a very person. So you, so you, so you end up with a pretty cheap, like basically you end up with a pretty cheap drink with a few really like like pretty expensive for the bar ingredients. Yeah, it's problematic for us. It doesn't matter for anyone ordering it. Whatever, order it. It is fine. Just as very personal, it's like oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Getting rid of too expensive, hard if, to make ingredients. If you're ordering it at a cocktail bar, which means that they are buying probably Luxardo Maraschino cherries, which are again like like twenty dollars for a small jar and and like a hundred dollars like over a hundred dollars, I think, for a big jar. It's like one twenty for like a sixty ounce jar of them. Yeah. And then so uh, the grenadine, only... which we which most 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 cocktail bars make their own grenadine because in very it's small amounts in pretty small amounts because it's made from pomegranates which is expensive so if you order a dirty shirley you better be eating those cherries you better be eating those cherries <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it's fine like i said that's a very personal opinion shouldn't have any weight on anybody ordering one but order a me- mexican firing squad i want that get a little mezcal in yeah. it yeah that actually sounds it's a good drink that sounds pretty good yeah i i I have no, I have nothing against a dirty Shirley. Uh, order what you want, always, and even I, I know I said that uh, vodka sprite is a children's order, uh, and that's just mostly because I, I have a very like nostalgic view on Sprite. I think nostalgic view on vodka <laughs> as yeah, a small yeah, child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a small child, I drink only vodka. 
Um, no, as a small, like as a kid, I would drink a lot of Sprite and, and I feel like for me, Sprite just feels like a kid's soda. I I almost want to make like my own Sprite. Like I feel like if I made sparkling water, it made a little like simple and lime. So (laughs) is that crazy? The bar I used to work at refused to carry can like soda, didn't have a soda gun system, refused to carry cans on principle. So if someone ordered something like that, we would mix uh, lemon and lime juices, freshly squeezed with simple syrup, mm-hmm. Topo Chico, real quick, mix it in the glass, and that was your Sprite. Like, that sounds better. It's pretty tasty. It is pretty tasty. We later evolved Approved. to a Perlini system, which is kind of like a compact mm-hmm. carbonation system. We will literally carbonate a lime lemon aid for you. Sounds pretty good. It was, <laughs> Sign me up. It was the best yeah. fucking that soda I've ever had in my life. But... But that said, uh, order what you want always. Um, yes. No matter what anybody, anybody's personal feelings. Be on. unashamed. You, and okay. I will never, and I will never judge you, even if I have feelings about a cocktail. Yes. Be, judge I will you never judge you. Be unashamed <laughs> in ordering what you want, <laughs> no. especially if you're paying for it. Be unashamed. Um, if you aren't paying for it, then like get your act together, though. Do yeah. You, do you feel like <laughs> 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 you can't order if you're not paying? Uh. Do you feel like that you've per- personally seen a, uh, or either of you have seen a, an actual drink of the summer in Austin? Espresso martinis. Just keep on chugging along from the drink of the winter. Um, you know what? I have noticed, uh, not in order, in ordinary, but a large amount of painkillers being ordered. And mm-hmm. I will say, if there is a drink of the summer, make it the painkiller. Okay. The yes. painkiller. The painkiller is the best drink of the summer always. Like, how could you not want it? It is essentially a pina colada with a much more interesting rum. Uh, Typically, Pusser's is, like, I think the trademarked. Yeah, no, like, the painkiller is trademarked by Pusser's rum. Pusser's rum. So, yeah, I mean, it's a pina colada with Pusser's rum and a little orange juice added. You can't go wrong. You want that in the summer. If you don't, you're lying. It tastes tastes like the beach. (laughs) Okay. Bottle uh, episode drink of the summer is a painkiller. It's official. You, you heard it here first, folks. The bottle episode drink of the summer, the painkiller. I love that. Yeah. Um, or the tequila soda. Yeah, I, I mean, like again, a dirty Shirley is a perfectly fine drink to to order. Don't ever be yeah. ashamed to order anything. And if anybody judges you for it, like honestly, fuck them. Like they like <laughs> you're paying for the drink. Yeah. Yeah, they make also, it like, like that yeah. is the that is the yeah. transaction. Like you pay for the drink, we make it. Power for you. move. Order something absolutely it disgusting. It doesn't matter if it's difficult to make. It doesn't matter if it's annoying. Like you pay for the drink, we make it. End of the story. Like it's. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I personally feel about a drink. It doesn't matter how you personally feel about a drink. It matters. It matters. <laughs> the, drink, the drink. Loathe order it. It doesn't matter. Like. It doesn't matter. I, I, I said you, but I was pointing at Armando. Okay. Uh, but like, it doesn't matter how we feel about the drink. It matters how you feel about the drink because you're the one ordering it. Yeah. And don't let anybody ever, even like, even if we're just, even if I ever joke about a drink, like don't let anybody ever judge you or or like look at you sideways for ordering what you want because yeah. it's what you want and you're a human being and you should be able to get it. Yeah. Honestly, any like in any genre of topic, fashion, music, drinks, food, I love people who have like quote unquote bad taste and like really <laughs> go for it all the way. <laughs> yeah. And like that's their thing. Like I that is my 
favorite thing of all time. So like have quote unquote bad or questionable taste. For sure. Just like own it and like that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Very cool in my opinion. Absolutely. I also think a bar is one of the few places where you can, for the most part, you can walk up to a bar and order what you would like and you will get it. Like, it's kind of magical. There's there's a certain magic in that affirmation of, I want this. Yeah, you got it. And mm-hmm. you get it. Woodford, old fashioned. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if How it's you there, Wood, I don't care if it's give me that bullet old fashioned or hey, you had any cool, cool Negroni riffs? <laughs> yeah, it's or like vodka soda or vodka sprite yeah. or 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 anything. Like, no matter what you want, you should be able to get it at your local bar. It's a powerful feeling. I don't think you get that feeling really anywhere else in modern society, especially post COVID, where like the world's become very like um, terrible. It, it, <laughs> yes, that's another word for it. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, I, I I think people have become very accustomed to just like this is my phone app. This is my app for this restaurant I like on my phone. I'm gonna choose this. I'm gonna go pick it up. I'm gonna get it. A bar is one of the last few places where you can like have a conversation and get something bespoke made for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, I mean, bars are special places that, that give people, I mean, they, they give people the feeling of not being judged. They give people the feeling of not being alone. They, they, they give people the feeling of, of like, like having some level of control over yeah, your life. Just like grasp onto that last little yeah. bit of agency folks. They're, they're, order a they're, bespoke drink at a bar. They're like, beautiful like sacred places in a lot of cases and like so yeah no to it's 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 i mean that's why i do it it's that's why i do this stuff is the like the fact that it is a place that you can go where you can be accepted and 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 feel seen and get something that you want yeah if if you have no control over the rest of your life you can go to a bar and get a drink you want yeah, yeah. People often like call us like artists or whatever because we make fancy cocktails at the Roosevelt Room. But it's like, no, dude. Like this conversation we're having is the art. You're the canvas. This cocktail is the brush. Like, fuck. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I do have one other question from TikTok. Let's do it. Because you made a drink and you mentioned the phrase "from the bottom up," and someone <laughs> said, "What does that mean?" And then I also said. What does that mean? And then we mentioned it to Armando, and he was like, "I don't think I know what, <laughs> what that does means. that mean." And so that might just be a thing that I but say. I either way, technique wise, I thought it was a a good thing to mention. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh yeah, that's actually pretty smart and pretty uh, common sense," but I would absolutely not do it that way. So, yeah. and we mentioned it in, on a TikTok that we used that we did to respond to that question. Yeah, so follow uh, us on TikTok. So yeah, follow, follow us on TikTok for weeks in advance answers to your burning questions but burning. uh when i said from the like when you want to build a cocktail from the bottom up what i meant was like when you read a recipe it's typically the base spirit and then the other alcohol ingredients and then the syrups then the juices then like dashes of bitters and such like that things such as that um and you want to always build from the bottom of that recipe to the top of that recipe. Uh, you want to do your dashes, dashes of bitters. You want to do your juices. You want to do your syrups. And then finally, you want to do your liquors. Uh, you know, you've got your like 
things used in smaller quantities. They might be liqueurs. They might be other other uh, spirits, what ha- what have you. And you've got the thing that is like the star player in the cocktail. Uh, and you want to go that direction because then if you mess up, if you pour too much of something or you pour the wrong thing, then you haven't ruined the nice expensive liquor that you bought. You have only messed up the inexpensive, less consequential things. And you can start over not feeling terrible about the fact that, oh, I just spent $50 on this or $20, however much you spent on this booze. And now I have two ounces less of it Mm. yeah, because I grabbed lemon juice instead of lime juice or I poured uh, like spilled extra in it or or I accidentally knocked it over because I'm clumsy or whatever. Like you didn't knock over the the spirit. You knocked over the juice. You knocked over the the syrups. You knocked over the bitters, uh, all of which are much less expensive and uh, much less uh, and in far smaller quantity. Yeah, that's yeah. a smart way to do it, I think. I will say, as I told you earlier, uh, I learned the complete opposite way. But I think the place that I learned that had a very like bravado attitude where like you're going to do it right. And if you did it wrong, well, should have done it. Like there, there is no doing it wrong almost. And maybe that's a personal attitude. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think if you're at home, do it from the bottom up. Start with your smallest, cheapest ingredient. Because uh, especially if you're not comfortable holding bar equipment like bottles and jiggers and tins and glasses um odds are you'll spill something hell i do this for a living i do it like 40 50 hours a week and i spill things all the time (laughs) not me though yeah lan is actually perfect i actually never never drop or spill anything ever and uh if you see me do that that's actually a clone and or evil twin but i think that that'll probably do us for this episode i mean uh i've definitely been did yeah We've all been dead at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Armando, for joining us. Uh, we both work together a lot and we mm-hmm. work a lot. And thank you for carving some time out to to chat. Uh, I know we're both like busy and tired and, and busy and very good. And also <laughs> extremely <laughs> fast. And very busy. Um, no, I'm super happy to be here. I love both you guys. Um, I mm. am happy to talk about cocktails and talk about what I do and talk about the liquor industry in general. Like it's, it's what we do and I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? Anything that you're working on? Yeah. Uh, um, three things, I think. Um, first of all, Come visit visit us at the Roosevelt Room. It is a great cocktail bar in Austin, Texas, and I highly recommend it to anyone who likes having a good time. Um, Two, I would say follow me on Instagram. That's where I primarily try to post things. Uh, uh, My at is now shaken underscore dreams, which I thought was a fun pun that kind of cringes towards like the MySpace era of underscores and names and stuff. I thought I it was, that, it's, so it's, it's, it's not um, it's Mondo anymore. No, it's not. I changed it. Um, I like it a lot. This is super cringy, but so like it can be, if you say it shaking dreams, like, Oh yeah, you're shaking dreams up. But if you read it, it's like, Oh, shaking dreams. That's uh, depressing. My, dream, <laughs> my dreams have been shaken. Um, no, it, yeah. But follow me on Instagram. Uh, I always like to post stuff about drinks I'm making or things I'm doing. Uh, my girlfriend and I try to explore Austin as much as we can. Um, and uh, actually, I'm funnily enough, I'm trying to start up a YouTube series on making cocktails. And the focus will be kind of reading cocktail books, taking recipes from those books and making them and talking about how not only they're made, why they were made, but also 
how you can make them at home with ingredients you might have. Like, don't feel pressured to buy that fancy bottle that the cocktail book tells you to buy because maybe that book was written in 2008 and that was their well in 2008. Um, things that like that. That, that bottle was that. like $25 and now it's 40 Right. Or like that whiskey was very different t- like 12 years ago or mm. that vermouth was different 40 years, whatever. Um, so I'm going to be doing that very soon and I'll post updates on that Instagram. And I, yeah, just I like people interacting with me. It's fun. Yeah. It's part of, again, part of why we do this. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you come for us. <laughs> well. And, I, uh, and our our <laughs> very specific niche that we have garnered here, I will come for you. Good, good. You and I will to, fight you to the death. Well, I would love it if you came invite, for me. <laughs> or you just have to invite. I made this for you. Uh, Uh, or you'll just have to have us on a guest it'll be a YouTube YouTube series series. and not a podcast (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm a very visual person if you ever turn off the video on that we will have words I have exciting things like cocktails from <laughs> tea paints. Can I mix I you a drink? Say, I Can I mix you, you a drink? If you don't make a yes. cocktail from tea paints, the first episode book. will be a Red Bull Ramos from tea paints cocktail book. I'm Absolutely iconic. I that. honestly want to be there when you. I don't necessarily need to be on screen when you do. You just it. want to be there. I just want to be there because I want to try the Red Bull Ramos. <laughs> do you need help with filming? Do you want some box lights? I am do in the you process. Want moral support. <laughs> My new apartment has a very beautiful kitchen, um, which I am in the process of getting a camera and some ring lights. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's very soon coming. I, I expect to have that up and running before the end of the year. Okay. Well, I hmm. actually have all of that equipment. If if you want to use it and then we can use your beautiful kitchen you to listeners, film cocktail videos. You listeners can't see this but I just like shy girl gasp at Elise. He did. He did do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I do have all of that equipment so if you want help or just to use it for free. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Elise. Okay. Your turn. Uh, if you want to listen to another podcast after listening to this one I have another one called World is Burning About the Climate Crisis. The most recent episode was about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin so uh, if you're like, why is that bad for the earth? You can find out. Yeah. Uh, and certain cryptocurrencies that might not be so bad for the earth pretty soon. So I think it's interesting. And Ethereum, am I right? Yeah. Ethereum. The, there's a great documentary called maybe. Line Goes Up that really kind of breaks down the NFT um, craze. And if you already gamer at all you probably have some insight into it but yeah it's uh very bad yeah yeah so like i basically explain it for like if you really have no idea um because i had no idea and so i explained it for myself um and i also have a vintage shop called heist vintage if you want cute clothes and that's all and i'm elise if you forgot uh, and you can look her up on uh instagram at heist vintage vintage h-e-i-s-s vintage Vintage, spelled the way it is. Um, and if you have any questions for us, please, dear God, on high, um, from, uh, for, uh, I beg of you. Just, like, ask us questions. Yeah, Again, any question. Like, what's your favorite color? You can be or, like, are, is my friend group embarrassing and my friend, if they is, order this? Yeah, you can, um, you can ask us literally anything. Like It doesn't, I mean, it, it, 
should be about cocktails. It probably not, should be about cocktails, be like, but but yeah, I mean, like um, our, our bar etiquette in general, or or entertaining. Like, what's a good way of doing this at home? Party. Like, yeah, ask us anything. We have answers. And if they we are don't have the answers, sometimes good ones, sometimes and sometimes on, not great ones. But our guests also are here, and they are smarter than us a lot of the time. Uh, and so, yeah, please, please, please ask us questions. You can send those to bottleepisodepod at gmail.com. You can DM us on Instagram and or TikTok at bottleepisodepod. We post things on the Instagram uh, with with like updates about episodes and uh, profiles on the people that we have been talking to. Uh, and we also profiles. post... Yeah. And drink recipes. And drink recipes and all sorts of good stuff. And we also are posting on TikTok uh, cocktail tutorials and other fun stuff, probably, as we go and providing that we have time. Uh, and Every two weeks or like every month, we'll like yeah, upload like eight TikToks. We upload a bunch like. of TikToks all at once because that's when we have the time to record some cocktail videos. We're but getting better. We're getting we're better. We're getting better. But yeah, no, uh, there's there's a lot of stuff all over again questions or concerns uh please you know please send those give and us a then, five-star rating yeah if you if you're like, on apple subscribe. podcasts uh please please uh give us a five-star you review also, if you don't like it email us and tell us why yeah. and then we'll like get like we'll we'll haze you or something uh give us hazing. a five-star on spotify Really can you easy. can you rate on Spotify mm-hmm. now too? You can now. Oh really? Oh, mm-hmm. rad. Yeah. If you listen on Spotify, please please uh, rate us, review us, um, and follow us. Subscribe. That way, people like other people know that we exist. Uh, we've had a lot of fun doing this so far, and mm-hmm. this is episode eleven. I feel like I, th- I feel like we have more. I don't think that's true. It's episode eleven. Are you sure? I'm hundred percent sure. I'm the well, one who uploads. Them. There's only ten episodes published. If I am the eleventh guest, then I am the eleventh yeah. episode. This is this is episode eleven, and and everybody that does listen, thank you so much. Uh, it's been so much fun to do this so far, uh, and we are so excited to continue doing this. Uh, and thank you, Armando, for being our uh, our the first guest of our second decade. Wow, I don't podcast. think that's what a decade means, but <laughs> well, I'm not going to look it up. Uh, neither am I but hey uh, love scotch love you guys bye